it was actually really hard because even my parents, they were not supportive. Like mm-hmm. what I remember my dad telling me like to not leave pharmacy. So like a lot of what I've noticed is a lot of times like the life that I want to live, it just really doesn't align with what my parents thought would be good for me. Like even when I moved from Texas to California, I didn't tell them because I knew they were going to tell me like, it's too expensive to live there. You're crazy. So I had to just start doing stuff and just telling them after I did it because I was worried that they would like it like rain on my parade or introduce doubt that I just didn't have. So um, I think just really protecting my energy by surrounding myself with people with kind of the open mindedness that would really help build me up because I already have my own doubts. If I surround myself with doubters, then I'm never going to be able to do anything. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Baddies Mean Business. Today, we have a really special baddie here to share with you, Miss Quinn Vu. Quinn, she's the founder of Secure Land Co. and our San Diego home. She's a real estate investor full time. And we're going to talk about her journey today. So Quinn, go ahead and introduce yourself and share a little bit more about about you. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, For most of my career, I was a pediatric clinical pharmacist. Um, We got into real estate investing about five years ago when my husband um, kind of heard about investing online. We were listening to some podcasts and he was like, I want to own an Airbnb. So we kind of started a few years ago. Uh, We bought our first Airbnb in San Diego, and we've bought multiple properties since then. We've gotten into long-term rentals, mid-term rentals, as well as um, now land investing. Um, I was able to leave my healthcare career last year and am a full-time real estate investor, and um, it's been pretty exciting so far. Mm-hmm. And she's been killing it ever since. Um, I met Quinn at, um, through a friend of mine, Miss Eva. Like I meet so many of my other friends. Um, and we go to like, these uh, real estate investment uh, meetups called Invest Her. Um, what I love about you, Quinn, is that you're just like you're just a real person, like with real dreams and real goals. And like you have you're just such the cutest little person, too. Let's yeah. go ahead and jump into it. So, Quinn. Let's just talk about you. I want to get to know you like as if we're like we've been best friends for years. Um, So you started off in a typical nine to five and made that leap. And it was really due to your husband. And he when did those like those aspirations begin? Like talk about your time of like who you were when you were working nine to five to like who you are now. Yeah, so it's actually, you know, when I first graduated from pharmacy school, I started working in a hospital pretty quickly. And my parents made it sound like it was going to be like really glamorous to to be a pharmacist. But I was working like nights, evenings, weekends and holidays, like most of the holidays. And the only I remember the only holiday I would get off is like maybe day after Thanksgiving because people didn't think that was a real holiday. But like I would have to work Thanksgiving, Christmas and New Year's as a new employee. So the way it's very seniority based when you work at the hospital. So if you're like the newest, then you have like um, the worst shifts. You have evenings, weekends, um, and you're working the most night shifts. So I also have four kids. So when I first moved to San Diego, we were kind of trying to balance, you know, having three little like four kids, um, three of them all being under like the age of six. So we were pretty busy. And. I think, you know, after working um, for 
I was really grateful to have a job because when I first moved to San Diego, I only had a contract job. So like working these extra shifts and things like that would actually allow me to get like a full-time permanent job. And what I noticed is I was just never having that freedom that we really wanted. And after working a couple of years in the hospital, like I went into like administration, I helped with like management and I kind of slowly started stepping away from actual patient care. So like part half of my time was in management, the other half was in patient care. And then gradually I got another job at another organization where I was entirely like administration. So I wasn't doing any patient care. I did that for a couple of years and then I left the hospital completely and I worked it with a biotech company, um, helping them design healthcare analytics for hospital organizations. Um, so it was kind of like further and further away from what I initially went to school for. And we were just kind of trying to figure out how we could possibly, you know, eventually step away from our jobs. Like my husband working in IT, he noticed that they were outsourcing a lot of the jobs within his company overseas. And he kind of told me like, hey, we need to have some type of exit strategy in the next, you know, couple of years, some some second type of income. And at first I thought it was going to be very risky to to do investing because I was like, we already have one mortgage. I don't I don't know about getting another one. It just made me really nervous until he told me, you know, it's very risky to only have one source of income. And then like it really changed the way I looked at investing. I looked at it initially as something very risky. And I felt like that because I didn't know enough about it. So now looking at it like, okay, it does make sense not to put all of our eggs into one basket. So I think just that conversation, it really don't. I still remember it. Like when he said that, that's like when the light bulb went on for me. Mm -hmm. I think that's like something we all think about too. It's like the, just like I like I just want stability like but there's like this very traditional path of like you get a job and you grow in that job and you get promotions and it's it's great and but then there's like these these dreams of doing other things and I think that's something a huge reason why we love having people like you come on is like it making that leap is a lot more achievable than it may be and so yeah definitely the other thing I was going to say too is like working in the hospital like they release your schedule like so many weeks in advance. So if you ask me to go to a wedding, I have to tell you, I'm not sure because I don't have my schedule yet. Yeah. Yeah. So just like little things like, like when I left um, the hospital, that was the first time in probably like 13 or 15 years of working professionally where I consistently had weekends off. I never even knew what it's like to say, oh yeah, I'm free this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. You work so hard in the like the going to school and doing all these things to just like work and have like crazy schedules and not know when you're going to have days off or when you're going to have weekends off. And especially as a mom, I feel like there's a lot of like pressure to be home with their your kids, you know, on weekends. And I bet that was probably really challenging for you, too. Um, but one thing that like obviously there's a bunch of risk factors in it, too. But one thing I'm curious about is like what has been like the most rewarding aspect of like switching your career and going into investing and like you said you had that light bulb moment like what what essentially has just been the biggest reward out of all of that for you 
I feel like, you know, last year when I left um, healthcare completely, one of the things that we did was we planned a two-month trip to Barcelona with the family. And we were, it's never something that we even thought would be possible five years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But just having the flexibility to work remotely and to still be able to run our business. So if we were if our only source of income required us to be there in person, it's not something that we would have even attempted. But because of like the flexibility that COVID created in terms of working remotely um, and, you know, just kind of trying to celebrate, hey, I'm going to end this chapter in my life. I, this is something that's been on my bucket list is traveling with our kids while they're still young, because yeah. once they're older, they're not going to want to go with us. Like. <laughs> Even even now when they're they're teenagers, they were still reluctant. They still wanted to like just kind of stay home and be in San Diego. Um, but I feel like that's something that was really exciting for us is to be able to travel for a pretty long amount of time and live in another country with the kids. Um, that was pretty cool. The other thing too is since I've taken on this, you know, entrepreneurship life. Like I'm able to pick up my daughter from school every single day. And I never got to do that before. Like when I was working in the hospital, um, you know, my husband did a lot of the drop-offs and pickups and it just, our schedule was just so crazy. So just something as simple as being able to pick up my daughter from school um, on a regular basis has, has really made me really happy with my new schedule. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. How do you manage like the, I feel like it's really often when people get in career changes or even us in our early 20s, like trying to navigate whether or not we want to go the traditional route of a nine to five or if we're trying to just like do freelance or make our own schedule. How do you kind of handle those negative thoughts about like, oh, should I be, you know, doing something more secure? Should I be doing something that seems more traditional or normal? And like, why why would I leave a secure job? Like, how do you handle those kind of like either... If people are um, say comments about it or if it's just more of like a personal like being hard on yourself about something like that, how do you kind of manage that? Because I feel like everybody, we all like doubt, you know, parts of our lives and obviously careers are a big deal and they're, they take up most of our, our life. So how do you kind of handle that part of I mean, it too? I think that's a really good question. And I'll be honest, I actually had a lot of doubt in whether or not it was the right decision. Like yeah. I even went to... um a spiritual counselor <laughs> wow. to like to ask is this the right thing to do like <laughs> I wasn't sure yeah. and um I one of the things I did was I just kind of did it on the side at first like I didn't jump yeah. right into it I didn't cut off one source of income to create a new source right. I had to work kind of those long hours um and trying to figure it out and when we started our when we started our rental portfolio, we were the Airbnb hosts at first. We were answering all the messages and the questions and, you know, handling all those crazy um, issues that come up, that only come up on the evenings, weekends, and holidays. Yeah, of course. No, makes sense. So we, um, I was really nervous, but at that time, we were also starting to meet more people that were doing what we were doing. And we, what we realized is, we're just new at this. It's not that it's risky. It's just that we just don't know enough about it. So as I got to meet more um, real estate investors and entrepreneurs, it kind of made me feel like a lot more at ease with our decision because 
we've met people who have been entrepreneurs for years and they were just fine. Like they had also left this nine to five route and seeing them really succeed. And also a lot of times their previous career wasn't even anything related to business. So just seeing that um, it was possible really opened opened my eyes to that that it's something that I could even consider. And then, you know, I re- I listened to on another podcast one time. They were saying like, hey, if you're if you're like a professional, if you're really good at you know pharmacy or you know you're a physician or you're an attorney, if you're really good in your career, what makes you think you wouldn't be good in another career? Because wow. people kind of like think, oh, this is what I went to school for. They feel like almost trapped in yeah. that career. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I made the transition, it was very slow. It was a slow Band-Aid. At first, I was like asking my husband, oh, should I leave? He's like, yeah, you can leave your job whenever whenever you feel you're ready. So then now it wasn't even – I couldn't even say he's holding me back. Now it was like, hold <laughs> on. Dang it. It's like, like it's even me my, now. My excuse <laughs> is gone. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then like I still didn't feel ready. So then like slowly I kind of cut back to part-time in my work. So I could focus more time in our business. And then I still wasn't ready to leave completely. <laughs> and like this took yeah, me what? between 12 and 18 months to go from I really want to leave to actually leaving. And I did it yeah. in small phases. And I think what my husband said was, if you don't leave your job, I'm going to leave mine first. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that was <go> first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I want to like dive into that because I feel like that's a feeling everyone feels. It's just like, yeah. I think some people may feel guilt. It's like, oh, I should just like go the distance and just drop my job. But it's like, that's not as easy as it looks, especially when you have kids. Like, right. And so for Other you, responsibilities. yes. And so like for you, like, are you very like happy that you did that and you kind of did it as you were ready for it? Or, um, or do you think like, do you wish and understood where your like husband was coming from? You're like, oh, okay, I can leave. Like, I can leave. I can go. Like, what made you comfortable to do that? I think the growing our financial income in those other spheres, those other buckets, you know, as my entrepreneurial income began to meet and exceed the income I was making in real in my, my pharmacist job, it became a no-brainer. Eventually, I started making more in my business than I did in my nine to five job. So then that made the decision for me. That makes sense. A hundred percent. And so I'm kind of curious more. So now it's like, what are, is there like a, like who stands out in your mind of somebody that really just like helped you through this, this next step, like, a, like a, a mentor of sorts or just a good friend that you've met. Cause you said that people in their community had just like expanded and they, they felt a lot more like you as a person? I, well, before this, I was in like a female mastermind with a bunch of other entrepreneurs. And I remember one conversation that someone was like telling me, you know, why don't you just look at it as leaving your job for 12 months and just give yourself like a runway so it's not so permanent? Like it's not that you are leaving forever. Maybe just tell yourself you're going to give yourself 12 months or 18 months. And if you come back, you come back. And if you don't, you don't. And I felt like that made it easier to look at it like, okay, I'm just going to take a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if I come back, but once I did take my break, I was like, I don't want to go back yeah. because 
I, once you have um, experienced like the freedom of being in the ocean, you can't go back to a swimming pool. Yeah. That's a wow. powerful statement right That was there. really powerful. <laughs> but it's so true because I feel like like uh, most people want kind of that sense of stability kind of in their mind. And I think that's a really good way to put it. It's like, okay, if this doesn't work out and I, I give it a year, if it doesn't work out, then I still have my degree. I still have my previous industry I was in. I still, even if it's not the exact job, like I could still go back to that. Like I still have that as my, mm-hmm. my backup. And I think that's really powerful too, because then it gives you the perspective of like, okay, I can do this. Let's actually like put it all on the line and try it. But I know in my subconscious that, hey, I'm going to be okay because I can still fall back on that. And putting in that perspective probably really helped you. I think it was also like just having the pressure of maintaining both lives was yeah. um, it was nice to release, release one responsibility and just like focus on one thing, like that mental energy that takes yes. up space in your life that can be pretty consuming. And I think like for some people, they're able to do two things for a very long period of time. But I think even for me, I'm still kind of hanging on to the vine. I'm still like renewing my pharmacist license, doing all my continuing education, even though I don't see myself going back. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I haven't fully released it. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes sense. It's like been a year, but it's like the same. It's just like what you're conditioned to like feel like, you know, yeah. there's always that security, like get ready to go. Um, but how do you think it's still you you still feel like you can thrive as an entrepreneur though although you still have that back of your mind like I don't think it's wrong to have that feeling um, yeah either way I definitely feel like um the cool thing about I think being an entrepreneur is you can create something from nothing and once you feel like you can do that in one area of business you're going to see that you can do this in a lot of different areas. And the other thing that I think is pretty cool is they I want to say they say that entrepreneurs create the jobs. So oh. like when you're talking about yeah. impact, as well as our business does, the more people we can hire and the more families we're going to be able to impact. Um, so like looking at it from that standpoint is like instead of worrying about looking for a job, now I'm in the position where I can create jobs and opportunities for other people. Mm-hmm. And what's the most fulfilling part of your job right now, do you think? With like um, adding on to that, like if you can even name a specific story that comes to mind. Like you're like, wow, this is just such a powerful feeling. I don't want to ever give up this feeling, you know? Um, I mean, honestly, I really love when I help someone do their first real estate purchase like if it, whether or not it's like their first buying the first piece of land their first house or even like their first investment property I think that transition I've helped a lot of first-time investors like you know they already have a house and they're buying their second property like that they're very stressed about that whole idea of becoming an investor and I think if you don't surround yourself with people who will who are kind of interested in the same thing. If you don't surround yourself with other investors, then you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of naysayers. Mm -hmm. And those naysayers, they're trying their best to protect you, um, but they introduce a lot of doubt that's really not necessary. That doubt is there because they may not be fully informed about it. 
So I think it's really important to like look at who you're taking advice from. Are you taking advice from someone who's already been there, done that? Or are you taking advice from someone that's never done it and never will and doesn't ever even consider thinking about doing doing? Period, Quinn. Yes. Ooh, that's a great point right there. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's like for you, how do you kind of keep your head straight? Like what is the exact thing you do when you hear something like that and you're like, oh my God, my pharmacy license is right there. I could see it, but um, I'm going to keep straight, you know? Yeah. You know, it was actually really hard because even my parents, they were not supportive. Like mm-hmm. when I remember my dad telling me like to not leave pharmacy. So like a lot of what I've noticed is a lot of times like the life that I want to live, it just really doesn't align with what my parents thought would be good for me. Like even when I moved from Texas to California, I didn't tell them because I knew they were going to tell me like, it's too expensive to live there. You're crazy. So I had to just start doing stuff and just telling them after I did it because I was worried that they would like it like rain on my parade or introduce doubt that I just didn't have. So um, I think just really protecting my energy by surrounding myself with people with kind of the open mindedness that would really help build me up because I already have my own doubts. If I surround myself with doubters, then I'm never going to be able to do anything. Well, uh-huh. it's different when it's your parents because I feel like, I mean, anybody can say like, we st- we all still look up to our parents. They raised us. They We have admiration for them and we appreciate their insight. And we, we do like sometimes seek out their like their knowledge and their opinions. But sometimes it can be like, okay, this is something that I know I need to do for myself. I need no outside opinions because if I get them, then I'm that I'm going to like overthink everything about this new exciting opportunity. And so mm-hmm. I think that in and of itself is so hard. And so power to you to be able to like kind of remove yourself from the That's opinions hard. of other people. It's so hard. So it's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard because, but you know, the way people define stability and security is really different. So what they look at security is working a job for 30 years like that's their goal that's their dream right like just to say that they have financial income that's coming in on a consistent basis like they feel like that's security and I feel like that's that would be insecure to me because I wouldn't want to be doing the same thing for 30 years um I wouldn't want to have one source of income and one person dictating my livelihood I want to have more control over that so Mm -hmm. it's same story it's just people perceive risk differently and I know that if my parents are giving me guidance it's based off of their personal experiences and if they're unsure of something it's not necessarily because it's a bad thing it's just that they don't know enough about it to provide guidance on there um and just kind of just surrounding your if you want to do something just surround yourself with those people who are already doing it and the things that you're worrying about, you're going to realize it's so small in the big scheme of things. Like, yeah. um, it's just that you, if you don't, if you feel that insecure about it, the best thing you can do is learn more about it. So that way you could figure out where that insecurity is coming from. Is it coming from the fact that you don't understand it? Because when I don't understand something, I'm like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I feel a little bit nervous about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about this a lot. It's like um, for regarding our parents, because, of course, like we hold their opinion to like to the highest, like superior. But I also think about it. It's like it's our family's first time. It's everybody's first time living. 
Like it's everybody's first time going through the experiences. And so there's only so much you can give. Like you said, it's like they know what they know, but the world's evolving, the world's changing and perspectives are shifting. And there's it's perfectly okay to like go and just take the leap and ride the roller coaster rather than like coast down the river. Who knows? But it's all about like just just it's everybody's first time. You never know. know. I was going to you remind me of something like a couple of years ago, back in 2000. I want to say the early 2000s, I was reading this book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris. And it was just very revolutionary for me at that time where they kind of talked about, hey, you should live in a city that you want a vacation in. I was like, that makes sense. Like, you don't have that many vacation days. You should live. So that's why we moved to California. And that whole you know, thinking of like, just not even living where it makes sense financially living, moving somewhere just for fun. Like that concept is so foreign to people. Like people will move for work, but they won't move for fun. They're like, yeah, this is a really expensive fun thing to do. (laughs) And um, I think just like, just, just sometimes like people feel like they have to justify what they want. And I was like, if you just want to live somewhere because you want to, that should just be reason enough. Like, why isn't that enough? Like, people feel like they have to say, I want to live in California because, like, Mm -hmm. you can just say, I just want to live in California. Just vibes, man. Yeah. (laughs) And so something I wanted to ask you is because, like, where there's this whole thing of, like, how your parents told you, like, how do you see yourself, like, ever since you've made the shift in your lifestyle, like, how do you pass this on to your kids? Like, how do you, has your what you you tell your dreams and how or tell your kids about dreaming like has that changed I feel like before I was very adamant on them you know going to college after they graduate high school and I feel a little bit more open about Mm -hmm. um you know before I think I only wanted them to pick a career like engineering pharmacy healthcare or, you know, something that was really, really stable. And now I, I've i kind of shifted, not fully to the point where I tell them I think they should all be entrepreneurs, but I did tell them I think they should always have more than one source of income. So if they choose to work a nine-to-five job, um, and even while they're in college, I want to encourage them, even in high school, I want them to encourage them to figure out how to create their own little business where Mm -hmm. um, if they were to be laid off, which this happens to a lot of people, they won't feel like it's the end of the world. And I'm also worried about our kids going to college. You know, they finish a four-year university. What if they can't find a job? Like, I don't want them to put all of their like hope and their happiness into something that they do have some control over, but it's, it's really entirely up to the person. And if they're going to get hired, you know, there's a lot of really, um, it's very competitive. And for every single job that's out there, there may be like 15 to 20 applicants. So those numbers are very low. So I just want my kids to know, like, even if they don't get a traditional job, it doesn't mean that they can't be successful. I want them to know that um, they should feel empowered to create their own success if they can't find it somewhere. 
I feel like it's in college. We're not saying like no college. It's just like right having well-rounded skill set because you just like never know. The world evolves so quickly. So I think it's a really powerful thing for especially young people to know. It's like definitely, it's not linear. Like whatever you're doing right now, it's probably not what you're going to be doing in ten years, and you don't have to have it figured figured out immediately. Exactly. Yeah, and so many of the jobs that like you can see chat GPT and a lot of this automation already eliminating jobs. So just kind of like trying to teach our kids to create to have this problem solving skill set that you can't replace. Um, and just trying to encourage them to not seek out jobs where it's just repetitive tasks, right? Because if that's what you're doing, you can be easily replaced. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're on our way. We're on our way. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I want to just understand. So like um, we're nearing the end of this episode. And so I want to understand like how your dreams have evolved. Like what is your dream now that you're on this pathway um, of passive income and real estate and community? Like what's that unorthodox dream that doesn't probably wouldn't have fit in your original mold maybe a couple of years ago? No, I think that's a great question because, you know, I feel like before I don't think I had very big dreams because I think I only had dreams that I thought I would know how to achieve. And after being surrounded by a lot of really great entrepreneurs, real estate investors, I really feel like empowered to have a dream that I don't know how to get there. Because if you only dream about things that you know how to do, you're already limiting yourself. And um, I, I think my dreams are really around like traveling with my family and just being able to take off an extended period of time without it, you know, financially impacting our family. Um, and those are things I don't think I would have envisioned in the future. My dream before was just to have a job all the way until I retire at the age of 65. And now it's more like, hey, I don't want to be working when I'm 65. I don't even want to be working when I'm like 45. I want to mm-hmm. be working like maybe just a couple hours a week, checking checking in on things. But um, I definitely don't want to be working nights, evenings, weekends. Um, so my, I think the possibility of freedom has really, really impacted and shaped the way I look at my future. And um, I don't think if I had another source of income, I would be able to see beyond that. Because if you're looking just to meet your ends meet, um, I don't think I said that right. If you're only looking to like pay your bills and, you know, make sure everything is on track, you're not going to be able to think beyond that. And um, we're hoping as our goals and as we get closer to achieving our goals that we are able to contribute more to like charities and functions and community events that have meaning to us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are those, what would those be? Do you think in your mind right now, is there any that stand out as of right now? So like last, like when I was selling houses, um, we would donate to, for every house that we sold, we would donate to Rady Children's Hospital because that's where mm-hmm. I used to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've given back in a lot of different ways in terms of like working at like the food bank. And um, we're just trying to figure out how to best utilize our our time. Sometimes it'll be a time donation and sometimes it'll be a financial donation. But I think having this additional 
you know, these additional opportunities, it'll also give us a lot of opportunities to give back as well. That's incredible. That's always been, I feel like a lot of people's dream is to like, like everybody's dream is kind of just to obviously make their ends meet, do do something beyond themselves and then also give back. Like that is something for me that my end goal would be to like help others in any capacity that I can. And I think that's just an amazing like ending message to this episode of just like you, you transferred into a different career. Then now you're thriving in that career, doing the best you can, learning all these new things. And now you can apply that and give that outsource to other people by doing the best you can mm. to just like give back and so mm. it's so powerful and yeah. amazing and even on even like t- the smaller scale it's like the, like here's the trade-off the trade-off is you sitting at the dinner table on thanksgiving or you mm. not sitting at the dinner table on thanksgiving exactly. and like that in itself is very powerful motivation to do something do something out of out of your comfort zone and that's something i admire a lot in you and regardless of what you think you let there's gonna always be people who do a lot and they've got reached a lot of success but like you and yourself you're a hero to somebody um because you've done something that was completely it's a decision somebody's sitting with right now but they haven't been able to get to that point quite yet so yeah that's amazing you know i i think like a lot of times people don't feel like they have a choice Mm -hmm. that's how i felt when i was working in the hospitals like i didn't like my schedule and my husband was like will you pick this job and I hear I didn't thinking, know you know, like he, but like at yeah. the same time like I felt like I didn't have a choice but we all have a choice mm-hmm. but sometimes we don't feel like we have a choice and I think it all comes back to like personal accountability if you're not happy with the way your life is what are you doing what are you doing about it right mm-hmm. just change it 100% easier said than done of course but change it <laughs> um is there any closing thoughts you have for us Quinn, as we close well, out this episode i would just say like hey if you're thinking about doing some type of investing or or thinking about just doing something that's non-traditional i would say just kind of keep an open mind just because it's non-traditional to you doesn't mean it's not normal for someone else you know mm-hmm, like other right. people have lived their lives and an entrepreneurial life is traditional to them they don't know mm-hmm. any different uh-huh that's a very really true. good way of putting it thank mm-hmm. you so much quinn thank you so thank much for joining quinn. us today um where can people follow you online yes. um they can follow me on our san diego home on instagram or at secure land co we're building up our social media for secure land co so you can see some more posts there and we also have a youtube channel if you want to learn a little bit more about investing as well mm-hmm. thank you. 100%. Please follow those accounts, guys, if you want to learn more about real estate investing. Um, Quinn has a lot of fun stories about her land clients. You would, you could not imagine that the amount of imagination some people have when it comes to land. <laughs> um, yes. But other than that, thank you so much for listening up to this point, And we will all talk to you all next week. Bye, baddies. Thank you, Quinn. Bye.